You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And a very warm welcome back to Solidarity Breakfast. A left response to the major developments in capitalism. What they trade in is not wheat. They trade in famine. A little dose of revolutionary optimism. I think it's really important to sort of express solidarity globally. It really is a deal by corporations for corporations. The union forever defending our rights down with the black If you think the ABC's left wing, don't listen to this program. Solidarity Breakfast, 7.30 to 9am Saturdays, 3CR, 8.55am streaming and 3CR digital, podcast or audio on demand. And of course, the website, solidaritybreakfast.org.au. Solidarity forever! Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Solidarity Breakfast. It's a nice day out there on this Saturday morning. And uh, today we're going to have uh, lots of news and views, but we've got to quickly talk to somebody, our first guest, uh, because he's going to catch a plane. He's going to catch a plane so that he can do an event at uh, the Nova this afternoon at 4pm. So we're going to talk to Trevor Graham and his film uh, chef, Antonio, Recipes for Revolution. Fantastic film, Trevor. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, Annie. And uh, glad to be part of your uh, Solidarity Forever program. Yeah, that's right. Um, it uh, it's a fascinating film because this is a um, co-production uh, between uh, an, it's an Italiano, Italiano Australian co-production. So, how did you get roped into this? Uh, well, that, that's a long story, but I'll try and make it as quick as possible. Um, I have a friend in Sydney who has a, a daughter with Down syndrome. Um, they're good friends, and the mum, Tracy Lee, is an activist for. Uh, disability, disability rights organisations and she went across to Italy to north western Italy to Asti to stay at a hotel the Albergo Etigo which has created this revolutionary program hence the title Chef Antonio's Recipes for Revolution for training people to work in hospitality as chefs and waiters and front of house people sommeliers you name it, hotel workers. Um, and this this training program has also come to Australia uh, in the form of a hotel in the Blue Mountains, which operates very much along the same lines. So I went across to Italy to check it out with my trusty Melbourne cinematographer, Jenny Meany, and we spent 10 days there. And then I spent the next three years going backwards and forwards to film the story that's... Um, screening today at the Cinema Nova at 4pm. And it became an Italian-Australian co-production, uh, the the first documentary ever co-production between Italy and Australia and only the second film co-production uh, between the two countries. So it's quite a sort of honour and quite a task to get that happening, but the, the film has money from both Screen Australia and the Italian Ministry of Culture. The film is totally in Italian and subtitled. If your viewers want to take a nice trip to Italy, see some fantastic food, engage in a strong story, laugh, cry, you name it, 
go to the Nova this afternoon. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I, I was thinking when I was watching it, oh, Trevor, you've really uh, struck gold here. You get to go to Italy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I, I, I lucked out, I have to say. It, it was it was a tough call, Annie, I can assure you. <laughs> um, look, one of, one of the joys of making the film was being welcomed and accepted by the the community that I was filming with partially because I was Australian and I'd come from the other side of the world. That, you know, they, they felt like, gee, what's this guy on about? They were, they were curious to begin with. But then when they saw I was sort of serious about coming backwards and forwards over a period of three years and spending about six months there in total, you know, by the end of that, I felt like I was part of this big Italian family. And, you know, very very much welcomed into their community. And, you know, I say that when I was filming that I became a bit like another pot and pan in the kitchen because everybody was just used to me being there, oh, that they yeah. forgot I was there. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you, you, you can see tell that, that on the screen. Yeah, yeah. you can tell that. It, it, that. That was one of the things I was going to get at um, before we get to the serious issues that are involved in the film. Uh, your filmmaking technique is fantastic, I'll have to say. Very fantastic. Uh, and there's these uh, Diane Arbus moments involved <laughs> in this film. <laughs> right. Yeah. Other people have made that comparison. Well, it, it, because, of course, it's fascinating. I mean, you're a filmmaker and, you know, there's a certain voyeurism involved in filmmaking in a way. Um, and this is a documentary. And, of course, these uh, p- uh, people are, um, you know, a lot of these people have got Down syndrome, etc. And so we're, we're fascinated if we're, we don't have Down syndrome. Uh, one of the people actually say, um, they don't see me, they just see Down syndrome. But in this mm. film, we actually see them. Well, well, look, that's one of the intentions behind the film is to... Uh, well, look, just to put it really, really simply, I, I have right from the start this attitude that we all have the same needs in life, to work, to have something to look forward to, someone to love. Um, and they're the sort of values that infiltrate, if you like, the, the, the story. Um, you find that Mirko and his girlfriend, they have exactly the same sort of needs, aspirations, dreams, uh, desires as everybody else. And, and so it puts everybody on an equal footing. I think that's what the film does. It puts everyone on an equal footing. There's no abled, disabled. People are all abled and have ability if they're given opportunities. And we are all like that. Without opportunity in life, you know, we we suffer. We don't we don't grow. So that's what's being offered to um, the young men and women in Italy and now in Australia at the Hotel Etigo Australia in the Blue Mountains. Um, they're being given opportunities to engage in meaningful employment and ultimately become independent or gain some independence. Well, well, but through experience. Yeah, yeah. Take their their place at the table of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, there's so many quotable quotes. You must have, as a filmmaker, you you must have thought, oh my god, how what 
what luck uh, some of these quotable quotes. So Jessica Bertha, the uh, lovely uh, waitress who wants to, who aspires to become a uh, a chef, she actually said this fantastic thing about um, uh, you're always you're not begging. Uh, Antonio offers you this opportunity. Yes. Yeah, yes. fantastic yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now look the. All of the dialogue in the film comes directly from all of the participants. So when uh, Mirko repeatedly says things like his girlfriend, Francesca Buzzi, has the eyes of an angel Ah, or I adore her, we are made for one another, they are all direct quotes from Mirko. Um, nothing, nothing has been kind of like created or woven in there that's from me. They're all direct, as you say, quotes from from each of them. And and Jessica uh, is, you know, like a really experienced waitress now, and she's very, um, very grateful. Grateful. She she grateful is the wrong word. She knows that she has a right to work, and she knows that she's been offered that position because of Antonio so there is a bond there but it's not one of gratitude like uh, you know like a beggar would have yeah um, that's right it's one of I'm asserting my right and Antonio has allowed me to assert my right and it's very interesting too that I mean you you are very uh, clear about Antonio in this film but instead of it uh, being um, I'm a special person who confers these uh, he is also exactly level with them. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. He's a great man. Um, oh, he, he is, and he would have it no other way, and I would have it no other way as well. There is a sense of equality across all of the people in the film. Um, I, I think, you know, one, one of the mothers comes across as being very strict and severe, but, you know... She and her son Mirko. Yeah, she uh, is rather severe. Make, make that work. That, that, they make that work for them. There's a sort of symbiotic relationship there that, that works for both of them. But a, 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 yes, a great sense of equality across the film. Uh, nobody has more status than any other, and everyone's on an equal footing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the other thing that I I got out of this, uh, I mean, there's a couple of, you know, there's lots of things, but uh, one of them, I love that thing where the TV, they've become the darling of uh, TV productions, <laughs> and uh, he says quite sincerely, Antonio says quite sincerely and properly, that it's uh, economically, uh, economics sustainable and the yeah. TV producer goes oh well, well you know don't don't say that uh, be more romantic yeah yeah that, that's my little dig about TV journalism <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> it's, it's the complete opposite to how I made the film so that's why I sort of wanted it in there and I hope people well you've picked it up and other people do as well but you know I spent a long time observing people and then the TV journalist comes in and says, oh, no, 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 those tab- those cups on the table, they, know, they don't look good on TV. Yeah, they don't You've look good on TV. You've got to arrange everything. And then they get directed to put the cup there in, in the place for the camera. You know, it's just a small kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. media. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but also the, the people look at them like they're crazy, you know. 
I mean, we've spent all day making uh, arranging this to look beautiful for our customers, and you're telling us it doesn't look good on TV? I thought it was hilarious. Good. <laughs> the other thing um, is that uh, in this film, the fabric of this film is the Italian landscape and uh, ur- uh, urban landscape, we'll have to say. Uh, and of course, uh, it's and the music as well. Uh, and so it's very, uh, it's Renaissance in a sense. Like a Renaissance is the uh, pinnacle of human, you know, placing the human in the centre of the world. But of course, it was all about idealised body forms. And this is a very nice juxtaposition, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, and, and to just bounce off that, there's a very brief shot of uh, Michelangelo's Moses, his sculpture, which I filmed in Rome. And it it is that idealised form, but I've deliberately put it in there because what did Moses do in the biblical sense? He led his people to the promised land. And and that's (laughs) a kind of metaphor for uh, what Antonio was doing. You know, he's, he's leading us all, in a way, to a better state of understanding human diversity um, and he says it himself with his food that he wants he wants his food to uh, appreciate the full diversity of humankind and I, I can't put it any better myself so um, and the music the music's by um, the fabulous Melbourne composer Cesare Scudisgusti um, who did the music for Red Dog and many other films um, wonderful composer to work with and he really tuned into both the story, the themes, the characters uh, and created a wonderful score. You certainly did. So let's get to why why you're going to catch a plane very shortly to come to Melbourne. Uh, Down at uh, Nova there's a special screening, 4pm and uh, there's a reason and you're in company. Ah, yes, I have I have some guests who are joining me. Um, Francesca Neary, who's a, a young woman uh, who is living with some intellectual disabilities, and her father, uh, Miles Neary, who's a doctor. Uh, they're going to talk about their family experience and their response to the film. Uh, they both love the film. They saw the film online at the Melbourne Film Festival. And I should say that uh, the screening of the Nova today is the first in-cinema screening in Melbourne that's oh. taken place. Wow. So that that's a very special event. Mm. Uh, there still are some tickets left, but if you want to want to get a ticket, you better get out there and buy it. Um, and the other person is uh, Tracy Lee Aristides, who I mentioned previously. She's the person who told me first about the Hotel Etico in Asti and urged me to go there. She became a consultant on the film and she's coming to talk about the situation of employment in Australia for people with uh, intellectual disabilities and how this, how Chef Antonio is a shining light for what we could all be doing here as well. Yeah. Thanks for talking to us, Trevor, and enjoy your flight. Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfella Radio, Melbourne. Yeah, you're on Solidarity Breakfast with Annie, and of course that film is Chef Antonio's 
Recipes for Revolution. It's on at 4pm at the Nova today. And uh, as they say, it's a delicious feel-good story with heart, soul and a big serve of laughter. Um, and there's a Q&A with uh, Trevor and others. Uh, it is. It's a delightful film. And it's very fascinatingly made too, I'll have to say. Um, it does make you feel like you've uh, just turned up in uh, in Italy. Uh, he obviously had a great time. <laughs> uh, don't forget today at 12, there's going to be... Oh, in fact, I don't need to say it. Here, listen. Angry at paying the heavy price for COVID? How about healthy, safe conditions at work? More health care. Less police powers. A safe world with free vaccines for everyone. Rally Saturday, the 19th of March. Fight for public health and workplace safety. State Library, 12 o'clock noon. This rally was initiated by Workers' Solidarity and rally organisers are 3CR supporters. Well, there you go. I didn't have to say it. Um, and, of course, it's Moomba today. Um, <laughs> but really, it's uh, the uh, camouflage for uh, Labor Day, um, the uh, the day to commemorate the eight-hour um, day, uh, eight hours of work, eight hours of rest, and eight hours of recreation. Uh, of course, we're going backwards a bit, uh, so perhaps this is the time for people to actually... Uh, remember and uh, start fighting back for um, proper work-life balance rather than um, little bits of dog feed from uh, the boss class, which seems to be what they're aiming for. Uh, I went down to the uh, International Women's Day rally on uh, Tuesday and uh, there were a lot of uh, union representatives there, lots of people with lots of flags big rowdy crew, and uh, I got a few uh, voices from the uh, march. G'day, can I, I'm from 3CR, can you tell me why you're here today? Um, just wanting to rally and get women together and come together and, you know, show that we, yeah. 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 It's yeah. a nice feeling, isn't it? It is. It's, it's awesome. a really good feeling yeah. to see everyone out and be able to see, And be able to see the numbers as well is pretty cool. And it's also really good to see men here too. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's awesome. really good. Feels good. Thanks. G'day, I'm from 3CR. Do you want to tell me why you're here today? Um, because I'm a nurse and we're all women. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice to have a, a great a sense of solidarity, isn't it? Yeah, it's wonderful. I just had a training day at the ANMF union um, talking about how we, the unions fought for um, paid parental leave and annual leave and equal pay, so it seems fitting to wrap it up with some time at a Women's Day march, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. No worries, Do you want to say something? I'm just going to echo so. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> just solid island with my fellow sisters, baby. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you. G'day, I'm from 3CR. Can you tell me why you've come here to the Women's Day rally? 
I support women in their in their revolution, I guess. Um, women deserve exactly what everybody else gets, and um, you know they are a backbone of a movement, and I'm here to support it. Thank you. Can I ask you why you're here today? I'm from 3CR. Somewhere. 3CR. 3CR. Um, we're fighting for women's rights today. We've we've been with our um, our union, United Workers Union, today, um, and we've we've had a conference um, today. We went to rally outside Gladys Lou's um, office today. Um, yeah, so we're here to unite with, with everyone else and fight for our rights. Thank you. Can I ask you? Oh no, you won't talk to me? I'm from. I'm, I'm from 3CO. Why are you here today? I don't. To their support and to fight for our rights as women. Yeah, it, it's been a, a long fight, hasn't it? Yeah. Is that sort of. Um, with lots of losses. The gains just get uh, distant. And so it continues and continues. So I want to be here to support us. There's a, one of the things is safety at work, and there's equality of pay, but also safety at work. I heard today someone was talking about how the Me Too movement is not just about uh, outing people, but also accountability. That it, It's been a long struggle, hasn't it? Yeah, and it, it's sort of that thing when you get to an age and you realise you've lived your whole fucking lifetime in, in relationship to being actually anxious about men in, in the world and about how and, and the authorities that like, like the police and the government how there is no real kind of shift in a, in, a, in, in um, terms of our safety no really policy policy shifts so it's the endlessness of it it's tiring yeah i think it's tiring too and actually they said it's not really a woman's issue it's a man's issue really isn't it yeah always all our issues kind of, kind of what, what do you want in your society you want to be, continue this unbelievable inequity and this misery and the brutality it's just overwhelming it's nice to be in a group yeah again <laughs> it's good even if it's, yeah yeah thanks yeah. hello can you tell me why you're here today i'm from 3cr yeah cool um we're here because you know women's issues are still very much at the forefront of um, you know, something that should be a political agenda. There's so many issues that you can kind of point to that really need serious attention. You know, harassment in the workplace, equal pay, superannuation. Women shouldn't be, you know, retiring into homelessness. Um, I think these are really important issues that people are sort of sick of hearing about and want real action on. So, you know, um, people are really getting around it. And I think this year in particular, some of the horrific stuff that's come out of the biggest body that should be the, you know, the, the, the best embodiment of Australian values has really failed women, you know, with Brittany Higgins, Grace Tame, all these women coming forward with some pretty horrific allegations um, that I don't think have been handled particularly well um, and really kind of shine a, a big light on an area that's otherwise been kind of a backwater of, of social issues and, and that's why we're here today to kind of, you know, lend light to that cause and, and really try and make a change. It's nice, isn't it, yeah. to have such a group? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'd love to see more. I'm hoping more people come along. Um, I know kind of it's been a rough couple of years and people might have sort of fallen out of the habit of getting down and might be feeling a bit nervous about it all, but it looks like most people are taking it seriously, kind of wearing masks and stuff like that. And um, yeah, really 
hoping to kind of be have a big presence. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, no Can I talk to you? Sure. I'm from 3CR. Uh, one, why are you here? Well, I'm here to show support for our, our comrades, for this, the, the, the sisterhood, our comrades here who um, still face gender inequity um, at home, uh, in the workplace and across the country. I was listening to a webinar today and it said that even despite the survey showing that uh, sexual harassment at uh, uh, Parliament is at 30% uh, as a workplace, that it was shown that in media areas, it was for women, it was for 82% that were surveyed and 83% for men. So there, there was a survey uh, a couple of years ago by the Sex Discrimination Commissioner, Kate Jenkins, I think it was 2019, under two industries that had the uh, the worst um, uh, level of, or the, the, the largest prevalence of sexual harassment were the media, but also the arts and entertainment sector. So it's it's something we feel very deeply and is very personal to us. Um, that is, it's our members, um, it's, it's women in the fields of the arts and the media that have, that, you know, that are, are suffering that, that are harassment. Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Anyway, it's great to be here with such a lot of people. It is. It's um, it's good to see a lot of people after a long time of not seeing too many people, and obviously for. Uh, cause that um, is no less important now than it was a year ago or five years ago. In fact, in some ways, um, you could argue things are a bit worse than they were a couple of years ago, particularly in this space. Thanks. Thanks. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986, and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR, radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976.
Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio. Subscribe now. A system based on profits, inequality, and oppression cannot deliver a society that works for ordinary people. Capitalism has to go. During this global pandemic, millions of lives have been sacrificed by the let it rip strategy, all for the sake of the capitalist economy. The far right is on the offensive, in parliament and on the streets, and all the while, our planet continues to burn. Now, more than ever, we need revolution. We need socialism. This April, the Marxism 2022 conference will bring together revolutionaries and radicals from across the globe to address the pressing need to fight the right and rebuild the left. Talks, discussions, film screenings and interviews will cover the history of working-class struggle and burning questions for socialists today. Get your ticket to the biggest left-wing conference in Australia at marxismconference.org. We have a world to win. Marxism 2022 is a 3CR supporter. Here we go. A weak solidarity, Bricky team listener, when, as payers to use your roads, transfer your hard-earned fields, Westgate Tunnel goes lower, the only thing going lower is workers' wages and conditions, with labour hire companies, <laughs> isn't this hard to believe, but ripping workers off big time. Well, obviously it must be the complicated ambiguity of the award, with the company they're actually working for having no idea there is a problem. Poor Borrell is profit, for instance, even had no idea the two labour hire firms it used were not even registered. Even though the workers who clearly were not employed by Borrell is profit wore Borrell uniforms and worked while other unionised workers were taking protected industrial action. If the word wasn't illegal, subject to fines in the millions, we might suggest they are scabs, but as law-abiding citizens, we wouldn't dare in any way. They're not, because the law says they're not. But all this must have come as a hell of a shock to Paul Borrell Liz, which said it was unaware of it and would look into it. Well, nothing could be fairer than that. Although, isn't it irresponsible not to know the wages and conditions of your workers? Well, strictly speaking, they weren't our workers uh, in your uniforms. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's a condition of them uh, not working for us. But look, not knowing is not nearly as irresponsible as admitting we did know. The tunnel builders, including the highly reputable John Hole Profits Land, set up a concrete manufacturing plant in Banala for panels in the tunnel, a, a mob called Rocktown hired to do the job, and would you believe a labour hire mob hired 10 Chinese workers for $30 an hour, 60-hour week with no entitlements, and poor John Hole Profit Land and Rocktown, for whom they were working, again had absolutely no idea the workers were being ripped off. And in fact, once the proverbial hit the fan, assured us the problem was being addressed. Our oversight procedures on engagement uh, may have had some deficiency, they understated. And here it is possible there might have been some deficiency. 
but there'll be no deficiencies in workers' lives when they, if they elect a Socialist Party government as Socialist Party Supremo and would-be Big Supremo, Anthony Albing Uzi, addressed an annual Filthy Rich of the Filthy Rich Caring Business Class Talkathon sponsored by the True Blue Aussie Capitalist Review, telling the filthy rich they had nothing to fear from a socialist government which would mirror the in parenthesis, reforms of the nuclear hawk, world's greatest worst treasurer, Paul, socialist governments. Music to the ears of an audience that constantly advises the Socialist Party to clone this great reformist government, which brought us all the cornucopia of neoliberal economics and the beautiful trickle-down effect, those much-appreciated drops of yellow liquid compensating lazy, avaricious workers for patriotic sacrifices like a little wage freeze. And Anthony would also outspend the caring business class, hayseed and sheepshit government on trained killing, on feeding the coppers of the merchants of death. So why wouldn't workers to whom Anthony devotes his every waking hour support a socialist government? In the wake of the public transport lockout in New South Wales, which highlighted Big Supremo scuttled them more, Lash Sun, a.k.a. Scummo's propensity for fact-checking and accuracy, bit of background, in a related matter we commented on recently, those reports from financial consulting behemoth KP on the customer's MG, one for the Treasury, which wants to transfer public transport to a for-profit commercial entity, getting it off the state budget, and a second report for the department, which wanted to remain as is. The first report telling Treasury its plan would save billions, the second telling the department as is would save billions. And this week, KP on the customer Supremo Andrew Yates defended the quality, independence and integrity of the work. KP on the customers rejects any suggestion there was a conflict of interest. Both reports were completed accurately within scope. Uh, but, but there was a 29 or so billion difference depending which department they were copying money from. But, but apparently it was not a matter of telling the client what the client wants to hear. It was integrity. Don't let the right hand know what the right hand's doing, but accurate? Well, that's what Andrew assured us, and I'm sure he's an honourable man. Why, he was probably at the business talkathon this week, whipping up a few more clients to whom he can provide an accurate report based on integrity. Uh, when he also talked of quality and independence, good point, given there was a mere 29 billion difference based on identical data. Now, we can be critical of the government, coming from our totally biased position, our claims that they can be a bit loose with the truth, but that ad about rubbish, 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 with Scummo and the team boasting their environmental credentials, in this case, we have to give them top marks for honesty about their environmental credentials. On their honesty, last week we cracked a very funny joke that the Minister for Sports Rorts, Bridget McConzie, was in charge of handing out support for flood victims and let's hope they live in a government or marginal seat. Oh, very funny. But as it turned out, it was no joke. She's learned nothing, or everything, depending how you look at it. Her much-admired hayseed and sheepshit party leader Barnacle attacked those who suggested declaring government seats as national emergencies and not socialist party seats 
was yet another example of pork barrelling, pointing out the recommendations were made independently of the minister. Sure, like the independent sports grants recommendations, which Bridget totally ignored. The that seems a bit ambitious award of the week to the Lord Rupert of Wapping Sin Monday special 12-page Shane Warne liftout, as well as page after page elsewhere, with the big headline, Arise, King Warney. And I thought, he's eulogised as a god of spin, but surely Arise, even from Lord Rupert, is pretty ambitious. Still, maybe, after all, a cricket aficionado with no talent, the little bald-headed bloke who used to be Big Supremo back in those dark ages, described himself as Lazarus. Lazarus with a triple bypass. He droned. Although, since then, it's the workers and unions who have suffered the pain. Then again, the old Lord Rupert himself, a king of spin, may have decided he really is godlike, as two days after the Arise King Warney bit, a photo of Elvis and Elvis, direct from Graceland. <laughs> now, that really would be something. One of the several million photos shows the spin king playing poker and laughing and joking with Cook Casino Supremo Jamie Puker, and I thought, isn't it good that Jamie can laugh and joke this week, as he would have been one of the Crook directors decreed by the corporate regulator to be not Crook, assured he would face no charges over the few little problems exposed by the sundry Her Most Gracious Majesty's commissions and inquiries into the casino. Honourable, innocent Jamie. By the way, that 12 pages over and above wasn't the end of it. Eight-page special lift out the next day, and then eight-page special lift out the very next day again, and then eight-page lift out the very, very next, next day again, again, and yesterday again, plus, of course, lots of other page-after-pages. We all know he was a bloody great bowler, but... Coverage day after day far exceeding the climate taking its revenge and Alexander put in the train killers being vengeful, perhaps just a touch excessive. We would have thought just maybe anthropogenic unnatural disaster in a cocktail of World War Three might be just a little more important. Although given Lord Rupert knows there is no such thing as climate change, anthropogenic or otherwise, and therefore no such thing as unnatural disasters, better to serve up a bread and circuses. Let them eat cake and other mixed metaphors. Truly important egalitarian enjoyment like Fashion Week week after week after week. And for goodness sake, let's not make the mistake of calling this weekend Labor Day when we all know it's Moomba. Let's get together and have fun, fun, fun. The last thing we need is evil unions and brainwashed evil workers spoiling our fun, fun, fun by upsetting poor, caring employers who, after all, rack their brains day after day, toss and turn night after night, seeking a solution to their biggest worry. It's probably all they talked about at the talk fest. Slow wages growth. Obviously, just paying workers more money is no solution. Well, they know the solution, higher productivity, so it's the workers' own fault, as the caring employers constantly hope for the time to be right for workers to get a pay rise. Ah, yes, when you decide the time is right, how many times will that be that the time is right? 
top of the head, I'd say that would be uh, the first. Industry Profits Group Supremo Innes will cost the workers spoke for them. Uh, so you've never considered over the centuries that there is a case for a wage rise, that the time is right. Which exposes what we are up against, exposes what we all know, the out-of-control greed and avarice of evil unions and evil workers making such unrealistic demands. Like, like wanting to be paid? Exactly. One man's pay is another caring employer's profit. One man's pay, sure, but as women argued on International Women's Day that one woman's pay is generally lower than one man's pay for equal work, I've got no idea what they're talking about. Why, I can recall back in the early 70s celebrating equal pay. Relentless campaigners like Zelda Deprano chaining herself to just about everything, winning the battle, so I don't follow. OK, OK, there might have been a phasing in period and these things take time. Caring employers need time to adjust, to make the proper arrangements and it's only been 50 years but goodness me, it is the law and caring employers have great respect for the law. A Socialist Party right power broker and senator and right in the Socialist Party is saying something given they tell us Anthony Albinguzi is left... Senator failed to see out IWD Week and tribute said it all. For instance, Scummo praised her. One Notion's Pauline Hoonson praised her. Former Big Supremo Tiny, a bit more for the bosses, said she was a true patriot, a true patriot who had so much more to give, so much more to give. And from the caring business class party's far right, James Patterson, who served with her on the trained killer committee, said she was... A friend of freedom, as in the liberty, freedom and democracy the U.S. of the U.N. of the U.S. of the world brings to the free world the freedom of capital. So that's our tribute. Other than, after this week, we recommend all 52-year-olds head off immediately for a cardiovascular test. Finally, on such dedicated socialists, Sea State Sports Minister Martin Pacquiao-Bagzula is packing his bags for our mother country to put our case for the Her Most Gracious Majesty's Wealth Games. An invaluable trip, given we are the only place that wants it, and there's no other applicants, and the Games Committee breathed a sigh of relief when we said OK, it makes for a pretty onerous junket. Oh, sorry, no, no, hard-working business trip for Martin. After all, the only alternative to guaranteeing the Games was to stay at home and do nothing, rather than go to England to do nothing. Good morning. The Black Lives Matter movement is not going away here or overseas. It gives me hope, seeing the numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. We will succeed! You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital, and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au.
Gather round people, I got something to say Some folks might think it's just another cliche But where there's blood on our hands, we got blood in the streets We gotta get together, start singing for peace I know sometimes that it might hurt We gotta take a stand, throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works, my friends Well, I've seen it all so many times before Rich man, he comes knocking at your door Fooled you into thinking you could own a house Now he's telling your family that they gotta move out You're paying last week's bills with next week's wages Don't be waiting around for no profits or saviors Cause the church owns most the land in this world But there's still plenty of homeless boys and girls Well, I know So on and on and on with the ghosts, my friends But the wind still blows and the creeks haven't flowed till the end And where we're headed, well, ain't nobody knows, my friends But the tides are washing and they'll wash it all away again Come too far from the days of the cave Now we're all just walking, talking Multinational slaves And they charge us too much They pay us not enough It's getting to where it's going And the going will be tough And they smash the unions And the public schools This country's run by bigots And bludgers and fools The squeeze on the poor's getting tighter One man's terrorist Is another's freedom fighter I know Well, I know sometimes it might seem hard But if we don't learn from history Well, we won't get far You gotta stand up to your devil Look him in the eye, say Come on, man, well, I'll see you outside You're hurting all of the ones I love So I'm gonna start to push when it comes to the show I know sometimes that it might hurt We gotta take a stand, throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works, my friends Well, I know sometimes that it might hurt We gotta take a stand, throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works, my friends Throw a spanner in the works Throw a spanner in the works, my friend. Hi, I'm Ruby from Fitzroy Primary, and you're listening to Community Radio on 3CR. And you're back with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast, and we've got Joshua Travaris on the line. He's from Save, uh, Save Collingwood Public Housing. And uh, this is just a ongoing uh, tune that the state government's playing, isn't it? This uh, takeover of the uh, public lands around the uh, community housing towers. That's correct. They're doing it throughout um, Victoria. Yeah, it's pretty outrageous. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the reaction of the community at the community housing towers? Yeah, so... um I'm a resident of the 
Collingwood Housing Estate. That's actually public housing, and um, the state government is going to erect two new um, mid-level towers on that site, 240 Wellington Street, and um, it's going to be social housing and affordable housing that in 10 years' time they're going to sell over. Um, and these two buildings are going to take um, all of our green space, all of um, the basketball court, and to facilitate the build, they're going to um, take the underground car park, this space in which we do a lot of community um, events and like the roller disco, the change play, um, play on. There's a black queer gym that's in that space as well. When did you hear about this? Oh, we just found out maybe three months ago. Right. And um, there's been um, movement, isn't there, amongst the uh, state government to uh, use some fast-tracking under special powers of the minister to bypass uh, community objections. That's right, isn't it? That's correct. So no one can really object. The council's um, official stance is um, look at other places in Collingwood or Abbotsford or in the city of Yarra, but it bypasses local council as well. Um, and I don't know if people are aware that Collingwood on their state, or Collingwood, the whole area is um, 0.3 open air space. What does that mean? Tell us what that means. It means... Um, so the median for the rest of Melbourne is about 13 14%. So it means Collingwood has no parks, there's no real spaces for people to gather and sit. And the housing estate is like Collingwood's biggest park. Yeah, that's right. And if you look at the uh, density of population in the Collingwood uh, public housing, that uh, space is absolutely vital, isn't it? Because there's lots of children, there's lots of other people there. There's heaps of children. Um, yeah, and it's a really considered high density on, on that site. So they're going to cram another about 500 people. It's very lucrative for developers, uh, this suburb. I mean, it's almost impossible to rent. Someone told me the other day that a person that they know is renting a, uh, a terrace Get a load of this for eight hundred dollars a week. Wow! Oh, I know. Isn't it amazing? So obviously, this move towards uh, taking the uh, space from public housing is very lucrative for the developers, and obviously, there's lots of pressure on the state government to take that land. But actually, like you just said. There aren't any parks in Collingwood. They have to justify themselves when they move on this land, don't they? They do. Um, they did propose another park over the road, but it's like oh, maybe 100 square metres. Pretty small. I, I don't know the exact dimensions, but it's quite small. Um 
Over time, the uh, residents at the uh, and others within that space have developed a whole lot of community services, and they're going to try and build. They're going to build over, like you said, things like the. Uh, basketball courts and all the types of things that people have worked very hard to build so that uh, they were supporting the community at the uh, public housing. That's true, isn't it? Can you give us a little bit more of an understanding of what would be lost? Um, on Monday nights and Tuesday nights, there's a thing called Helping Kids that um, get the young, young kids um, being active, playing basketball and soccer, on the Monday and Tuesday, so then they're not, you know, being destructive or whatever. Um, that's on the basketball court there, but in the underground car park, which is 500 metres away, they're going to acquire that space as well. And there's, um, it's been used for the last 20 years as a community space. And I'm sure people listening would know Izzy Brown. Izzy Brown does a lot of stuff in that space. The change play, um, the roller disco... Um, there's a gym in that space that my late father started. Um, so there's heaps of community-owned and ran initiatives that the state government doesn't really care about. Um, they don't really care about the community fabric, what we've been doing to, um, you know, better ourselves. They don't really care that we've, gone through two years of COVID, not being able to use our green space, not being able to use the assets, then they're going to oppose this field on us. Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, I've been covering uh, what's been going on in public housing and then this push for community housing or social housing. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's all supposed to be so great, social housing. Uh, and people... not affordable. No, it's not not affordable, yeah. There's a whole range of things that are problematic about social housing, but people think it's the same as public housing, which it isn't. And the state government's been um, actively... uh, Winding down. Yeah, go on, you say it. Well, the state government is actively winding down all public housing. I think they envision it to finish in the next 30 years, and social um, social housing is meant to be... Um, a rebranding and a reimagining of public housing, but it doesn't give people security of a home and a place to live, you know? That's right, it doesn't. And it, uh, uh, you know, things like uh, the cap on um, the percentage of uh, earned money for rent. Uh, is is not uh, there. Um, the uh, social housing uh, people don't have to take the, uh, you know, they, they can say, oh, we don't like you, so you can't be part of our <laughs> group. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So how, how is this um, facilitating or capturing the people that actually need places to live, you know? Yeah, and the thing about it is that uh, building over the green uh, spaces at Collingwood uh, Public Housing uh, is exposes the um, importance to that side of the, the government of uh, developers the, rather than the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... 
another fact is that there's about 50 dwellings that are vacant at the moment on their estate. Yeah, that's that's part of the winding down, and it's also part of the uh, the maintenance uh, regimes, etc., etc. Yeah, et right. yeah, so that they can say, look, they're they're grotty, they're they're not good, they're not, not fit for purpose. It's not working. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's pretty poor uh, behaviour on the part of the government, and it's pretty obvious. You're actually uh, calling people to come to rally on Friday, aren't you? Every Friday we're doing an activation at 240 Wellington Street from 4 to 7. Um, there'll be a game of basketball for people to come and join in. There'll be um, some sausages, some halal sausages, some vegan sausages as well. If people want to fight the week, but we're going to be making banners this week. Then I think the week after we're going to be um, going up to Richard Windsor's office. Mm, lots of but things. We'll be there every Friday, and yeah. it'll be great if people could come down and, um, you know, show show their support for um, their local residents. You know, it's not just um, uh, the public housing people who should be concerned about this. Uh, the amenities for all those people who are living in those other apartments will be deeply uh, dented by mm-hmm. uh, this sort of development. Yeah. Um, so you're hoping people will turn up at uh, two forty Wellington Street, which is the uh, the part of the um, basketball courts, isn't it? Just down behind the towers, and um, it's going to be from four to seven. There's also a petition, isn't there? There's a petition online, um, and but we'll have a physical petition there for people to come and sign. Um. Yeah, we're just hoping to make as much noise as we can um, to make sure, to you know, to show the government that we're not happy about this. Yeah. Um, and when I spoke to Richard Wynn the other day, he was like, oh, we've got a treaty coming out. Um, we'll be the first in Australia to have one with our First Nations people. And I was just like, oh, man, this, this whole build would go against the treaty, you know? In terms of, there's no community console. They're not. They didn't even. They're not even talking to our First Nations brothers and sisters. Um, you know. So, what point is a treaty when government is just going to do what they want anyway? Yeah. This uh, this business about consult, community consultation. It's getting as bad a uh, smell as reform. Mm. It just it's it's a one way conversation and it's just so then they can sick of us saying Yeah, we had a conversation with them but um we can't we can't inject, we can't tell them how detrimental this field is gonna be in this in this way. Um, you know, and we know we need more homes, but why are we choosing um this place that doesn't have green space, like Collingwood doesn't have enough green space. So why are we choosing Collingwood when they have assets just over the road, the old um, police radio station? Ah, yeah, that's Uh, right. I see, yeah. 
where, where, where there's buildings. I know what you're talking about. Just behind there, behind the um, towers. Just right? over the road, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also yeah. The, old, the old gas works site. Yeah, that's right. They, they were committing to 20% of um, social and affordable housing there, but then it's, it's halved. They've halved it. You said something interesting that I haven't heard before, which is that uh, they're going to they, this business about having sort of eighty percent. Uh, they do a build and then and it's a, a public private partnership, and they have eighty percent market rate apartments, um, and then they the twenty percent is supposed to be social housing. But you said that then in the future they 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 can sell them off that twenty percent sell them off, so they're no longer. It's like they no longer even social housing. That's correct. Oh, that's that's a that's a piece of news. And also, like, what is like? What did you say before? Six hundred dollars a week? No, eight hundred. Eight hundred dollars a week. Eighty percent of that is um, what five five sixty. What low income person, new Australian? has $560 to spend on rent. Oh, it's week. just ridiculous. No, I know. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Only certain people are going to be allowed to mm-hmm. live in Fitzroy. That's correct. So, in Collingwood. Um, yeah, it's affordable to old money. It's affordable to new money. But it's not affordable to the people who actually need it. Yeah, the majority. All right, so people should be down at uh, 240 Wellington Street, 4 to 7, at uh, um, on the 18th of March. That's February, uh, March, March, the... Uh, oh, every Friday. Every Friday, every Friday, every okay. Every Friday we're going to be doing something. Yeah, all right, so we should see you down there uh, on Friday. Thanks for talking to us, Joshua. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank no you. worries. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ruby from Fitzroy Primary and you're listening to Community Radio on 3CR.
But I'm open to persuasion. When you think of community, uh, think of 3CR. When you think of radio, think of 3CR. This is Joan Armour Trading asking you to support your community radio station, 3CR, the only alternative. But with the love I could hold my hand back, really loud, really loud. You're back with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast and we're going to move to uh, something that's happening in the Darabin Council area, Fuse, which has started already. And um, we've got one of the performers on the line. G'day, Ava. How are you? Hi, Annie. I'm really well. How are you? Good. And um, I'm really fascinated by this particular... uh, I mean, Fuse is an interesting thing that that they've obviously given you funding. That's Pony Cam funding to work on this project. So first up, what's Pony Cam? Tell us about Pony Cam. Yes. So Pony Cam is a theatre collective of five theatre makers from around Australia. We met in our young 20s and we've been making work for about... uh, five years now so um it's been really great we just make work with community that's our prerogative and um so we often get together with a community and collaborate with them and make a show and then put it on and so that's what we're doing for the fuse yeah and it's called anything you can do and uh tell tell our listeners why it's such a fantastic uh, community development great well anything you can do is a show that focuses on age. So we have um, Pony Cam, we're all in our mid to late 20s and the group of people that we are working with are in their late 60s and we have made a show that's about intergenerational relationships and how that works on stage. And you had your first performance last night, how did it go? We did, it was a total smash, it was really (laughs) wonderful. I think um, we really hit home and a lot of people were really uh, they just loved seeing a different demographic uh, on the stage as well as in the audience because it attracted a really wide variety of people. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the collaboration. How did uh, how did you actually build the um, uh, uh, production? You know, like how did it happen? Well, you know, did you yep. collaborate with the people or what did you do? Yes. So we originally... Um, It was supposed to happen last year, but that couldn't happen. So what we did is we met about six months ago and we did a creative development online where we met twice a week uh, online and we just talked and did a lot of writing and a lot of dreaming. People were collaging at home, um, just a wide, you know, doing little self-videos. And then from that creative development emerged themes such as love and death and sex and grief. And from that, um, we then brought that into the live space, which we started about a month ago. And so we all met in person, which was very strange for us. And we put some of our ideas that we've been practicing um, into the live space. And uh, from there, we just we started collaborating. So we would improvise a scene together, and then we would stop and then draw out what we liked from that improvisation. All right. Okay. So. How did you get in touch with the um, older people to be part of this project? 
Yeah, we started with a we just started with a, a call out on the internet, um, and then we contacted a few community groups um, from around the area, and so yeah, it was a it was an online call out initially, and and then we just got some responses. Yeah, yeah, and so of course they, because these people are older, they must yep. have had lots of different skills. Yes, that's that's correct, and and the the Zoom online development was a barrier for us um, and but we were able to overcome it just with time and with practice oh that's good that's good um, in fact so it's scarce, uh, share sharing your skills as well across uh, generations which is great yes that's it that's it it was I, I guess the initial concept was um, yeah was what uh, because a lot of oral tradition in terms of learning skills has has passed on, so um, and the internet has replaced our learning. When we go to learn, we usually go to YouTube or things like that. But we were like, let's learn from people instead of the internet, and that's what's happened. This process has been um, really fabulous to learn from another generation. Oh, that's really nice. And um, how did uh, you get the Fuse funding? How did how did that happen? Because it's a big. It, it's uh, not just your show, but there's a variety of shows, and people should go online and check. The few FUSE to find out more about their different shows, but how did you link into it? Yep, so we did a show with Fuse last year. Um, it's a festival that any artist can apply for, and you uh, you just apply for it, and then uh, then you get you either uh, you get it or you don't. <laughs> um, but it's uh, they're very they're a very open festival. Like last year, we entered a show. Um, whereas this year we've been commissioned for a show. Oh, that's fascinating. So that that was actually a developing creative connection. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, and so they did that uh, pay, did you guys get a salary out of this? Well, um, this is independent art, so um, yeah, that's we were able I asked. <laughs> to, to, pay, to pay for the production. Um, however, um, and we in our first creative development, we were able to pay the performance. Um, however, there is no salary for us, so we're all doing this out of out of love and connection because we think this is an important project. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is an important project. Yeah. Um, so, the uh, uh, how many uh, performers do you have in this particular production? We have 11 in total, so that's five younger people and six older people. Okay, and uh, how did the older people, uh, you know, what were the things that they needed to learn? Um, Well, I think um, we kind of initially started with that concept. However, it quickly, um, we know we started with a Skillshare concept. However, it quickly just became about connecting and, and finding differences on topics. I think we start, it, it, it switched tracks a little bit. Um, but I think, um, so what we would do, uh, we would just kind of talk about our differences on, the, on, on things. And, and yeah, so it didn't, it kind of moved away from that topic a little bit. Oh, right. So yeah. did you learn something about the best way of collaborating in this particular production? Uh, yeah, I think there are always things to be gleaned. I think what um, what I learned the best way to collaborate is just to be yourself. Um, I think uh, so. We would just like start talking about a topic, and we would 
figure out our different approaches. Um, but the best way is just to be human to human, which required a lot of vulnerability. So I think I learned how to be vulnerable during this collaboration. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we all have a bit of front in order to protect ourselves from the uh, elements of society. But uh, this is a much more uh, courageous attempt at uh, uh, inter generational conversation yes that's exactly it yeah fascinating and so you've got another uh, uh production um you know people can still see this it, there's another time that it's going to be yes, performed it's it's happening tonight and tomorrow at chalice hall in northcote at seven thirty p.m um we are sold out but we will be releasing more tickets so um if anyone wants to get along come along <laughs> oh that's fantastic so it's a complete success Yes, it is. I think it's been a real community hit. I think, yeah, people are, I think coming out of COVID, people are so happy to celebrate, to celebrate the stage. Yeah. So if this is such a big success, does it have more life, more legs, you reckon? We hope so. We're not sure where it will go, but we definitely hope so. I think we've had a lot of positive feedback saying there is, a need for it and certainly we would love to conti- like continue our process not only with our performers but with more with more elderly citizens because it's been the best process we've ever had. Uh, thanks for talking to us today. Thanks so much Annie, have a good day. You too.
Transitions Film Festival returns this February with a selection of cutting-edge documentaries about technological innovations and change-makers leading the way to a better world. Themes include art, activism, climate change, food revolutions, artificial intelligence and the future of our planet. Transitions Film Festival, February 18th to March 13th, with screenings in Melbourne and online nationwide. For the full program, visit transitionsfilmfestival.com. Transitions Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Come back again. I'm just crazy about you, babe. Yarra City Arts and Umbrella Entertainment present Neighbourhood Watch, a pop-up outdoor cinema showcasing Australian films Friday nights throughout March. Head down to Linear Park, North Fitzroy, and catch free live music and films, including The Big Steel, Storm Boy, and The Babadook. BYO Picnic Blanket, Snack, or Grab Dinner along Nicholson Street for Neighbourhood Watch. To find out more, visit yarracity.vic.gov.au forward slash rediscover. Yarra City Arts is a 3CR supporter. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People got to understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. Still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. Yeah, and you're back with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast and we've come to the end of the program. Terrible news that came out yesterday about the uh, findings in uh, Northern Territory and the uh, death of the young uh, Indigenous man on, on his ho- in his home. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, more will be said, no doubt, over the weeks uh, on this station about what that the ramifications of that particular um, legal outcome and how many how far things have to go. Uh, we were just talking to uh, a lovely person, Ava Campbell from Pony Cam, who's was been uh, working on a particular um, theatrical uh, event, Anything You Can Do, which is a collaboration with uh, older citizens of Yarra and uh, oh. 
um, Darabin, sorry, because it's a Dar- Fuse is actually a Darabin Council initiative. And if you go onto the Fuse, uh, Fuse website, you'll find or Darabin website, uh, you'll find all the other uh, programs uh, that are going on uh, over the, the next few weeks, uh, which are all community based and all uh, with uh, high aspirations, artistic aspirations. Um, so uh, the uh, at 12 today, outside State uh, Library is going to be a rally um, uh, and, uh, to supporting peace in Ukraine or anti-war uh, Ukraine rally, which is uh, interesting because, of course, this is the uh, first day of uh, Moomba. So we'll see what, <laughs> see what that sort of com- conflagration will look like. Um, also, uh, the uh, free Yarra uh, nighttime uh, screenings on Friday nights, it, it would might bode well for you to go 4 to 7 at 240 Wellington Street to support the uh, uh, Collingwood uh, public housing people who don't want uh, more uh, of their public land to be uh, removed by uh, developers. Um, you could go there first uh, because they're going to be there every Friday and then go down and uh, relax uh, watching Australian films and listening to free music. It all sounds pretty good to me. Now, in there are lots and lots of things going on because the people have become uh, less uh, tied down by COVID. Maybe it's because they're really ignoring COVID. Who knows? But um, one of the things that's uh, uh, happening is uh, the release of a film uh called um, Wash My Soul in the River's Flow, which is actually a fantastic sort of love letter, as the uh, film's director says, between Archie Roach and Ruby Hunter, commemorating their relationship, as well as their relationship to country and their past. Uh, And uh, I thought that uh, it would be worthwhile going out today with one of the uh, outcomes of the concert that they were the film actually uh documents it's a it's a concert that a collaboration between uh Paul Grabowski and uh Ruby and Archie which was uh i think 2004 but anyway uh, it's a really interesting take on uh took the children away so Sayonara from me, and coming up next is Asia Pacific Currents. The story is right, the story is true. I would not tell lies to you like the promises it did not keep. And how they fenced us in like sheep. Said to us, come take our hand. Set us up on mission land. They taught us to read, write, and pray. Then they took Children away to the children away. The children away. Snatched from their mother's breast. Said this is for the best. Took them away. 
man Said you got to understand Cause we'll give to them what you can't give Teach them how to really live Teach them how to live, they said Humiliated them instead They taught them, taught them this And others taught them prejudice Go to children away Oh, the children away Breaking their mother's heart Tearing us all apart Took them away Give a damn God, my mother cried Go get that dad He came running Fighting me Mother's tears Were falling down And my dad shaved up Stood his crown And he said You touch my kids And you gotta fight me, boys Then they took us From our family You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.